0: with over 1,800 branches worldwide, join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
1: Let it open the floodgates, Lord. Oh, open the floodgates of heaven. Let it, open, oh. Let it rain, open the floodgates, open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain, let it rain. We lift our hands to the great I Am. Who was and who is and is to come? We lift our hands to the great I am. Who can compare to you? We lift our hands, we lift our hands to the great I who was and who is. Was and who is and is to. we lift our hands we lift our hands to the great i am. who can compare to you lord who can compare to we lift our heads we lift our hand oh to the great i am. who was who was and who is. Oh, and it's true. We lift our hands. We lift our hands to the great I. Oh, who can compare? Who can compare? To we lift our hands. We lift our hands to the great. To the great I. Who was? Who wasn't? and who is? and is true we lift our hands we lift our hands to the great I am. who can compare to you? father we declare that we love you we declare our everlasting love for Father, we declare that we love you. We declare our everlasting love for you. Oh, you are worthy. Father, we declare that we love you. choose to praise you for it's you it's you who really matters you are worthy of our praise father we declare sing with me father we declare that we love you we declare Father, we declare, Father, we declare, we declare that and we love you. Love him.
0: We, we declare,
1: declare our everlasting love, love for you. you, Holy, as you, Lord, all creator. Worthy is your name, yes we worship you Lord, we worship your majesty, awesome God, awesome God, how great, how great thou art. We stand in awe of your holy name, Lord we bow, Lord we we bow bow. and worship, worship. awesome God, awesome God. God, how great, how great. Stand in awe, awe of your holy name. Lord, we bow, Lord, we bow and worship. We stand in awe we stand in all of your holy name. Lord, Lord, we bow, Lord, we bow and worship. We stand in all. Stand in all oh, of your, your holy name, Lord, we bow, Lord, we, we bow. bow and worship. I stand, I stand in all of you. Oh, I stand, I stand in all of you, Holy God, Holy God. Praise is you. I stand in all of you. I stand in all of you, Lord. I stand, I stand in all of you. We stand in all of you, Lord. I stand, I stand in all of you, holy God. I'll stand in awe of you. You are beautiful. Oh, you are beautiful beyond description. Too marvelous for words, Lord. Too marvelous for words. Too wonderful for comprehension, Lord. Too wonderful for comprehension. Like nothing ever seen or heard. Like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can fathom? Sing it out. Who can fathom your infinite wisdom? Oh, who can grasp the depth of your love? You are wonderful. You are beautiful beyond. This Christian, majesty, majesty And throne above Oh, we stand I stand, I stand Oh, in awe of you We stand in awe of you, Lord I stand, I stand In awe of you Holy God, Holy God Praise is you, I stand Amen. in all. Oh, holy God, Holy God, to whom our oh, praise Amen. is you, I stand. Grace is due we stand in awe of you yes indeed lord we stand in awe of you for we acknowledge that you're beautiful beyond description marvelous too marvelous for words indeed like nothing ever seen or heard the depth of your infinite wisdom lord It's not something we can grasp. Father, this evening we pray, God, that as we have come into your household, may you pour more of the anointing upon us. For we acknowledge that it is the anointing we need to be effective, to be effective ministers, to be effective servants, to be effective soul winners, to be effective at the ministries that you've given us, Lord. Help us in this pursuit, Lord. Pour more of the anointing upon us Lord we need it we need more of it we thank you in Jesus name Amen Amen, Amen. 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 Oh, are you ready for the word? Amen yeah. are you ready for the word? put yeah. your hands together let's invite up stage Reverend Gilbert and someone.
0: Amen Hallelujah let's pray Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for pulling us close to your heart. Thank you that you have decided and you have chosen to love us no matter what. Your unconditional love is food for our souls. It's healing for our souls. This is how we continue to go on. Even though we do not measure up, yet you impute the righteousness of Christ on us. And this is why we have confidence to approach your throne of grace. We ask you, Lord, clothe us with yourself. Let your spirit come upon us. May we enter into the realm of God and your anointing. Even as we study steps to the anointing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We thank the Lord. Steps to the anointing. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Acts 10:38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Yes. And with power. So, the Holy Spirit is the substance of the anointing. And last week, we read a scripture from Ecclesiastes, which was intended to fix our eyes on certain foundations that God has laid. That is not never going to change. Hallelujah. And I believe it, uh, Ecclesiastes... 1 let's says Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 9 and so as we study the steps to the anointing understand that it's an ancient path that God has laid down and all of us are going to have to follow the same path in order to enter into the anointing Ecclesiastes 1 9 that which has been is what will be that which is done is what will be done and there is nothing new under the sun hallelujah Wonderful. And so, um, the first step, what is the first step in in this series, steps to the anointing? The principle of vessel change, amen. Amen. We have to have our vessel changed into the container that contains a certain type of anointing. And then last week, we started discussing servanthood as the second step. Servanthood is the second step. That if you look at the pattern of the scriptures... People that got anointed were people who were servants of the anointed. Amen. Amen. And so, um, we read from 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11. Let's look at that scripture again. 2 Kings 3 and 11. Because we want to be anointed and we want to follow the blueprints, the path God has laid as examples for us. Alright. So, they were looking for a prophet and they didn't know what prophet was around. So, somebody said, Uh, Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. So this servant is describing something that Elisha used to do. Amen. And then immediately go to verse 12. Jehoshaphat made a statement. He said the word of the Lord is with him. So by Elisha waiting on Elijah, hallelujah, that caused the anointing to wrap off on him. And so um, if you want to be anointed, you should not you should not um, refrain or you should not remove yourself when there is work, when th- when there's something that involves serving, amen. As a matter of fact, Three weeks ago or so, when I started talking about anointing, I said the purpose of the anointing is to make you a minister. And that word minister means a servant. Amen. And so, um, this is a classic example of how somebody enters into the anointing by being a servant. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but, you know, we are in a society where being big and being... The, uh, what do you call it? The one that calls the shots is, is what is exalted. Hallelujah. You know, the West 7 is not something that is very exciting <laughs> because this society is about big manism. It's like showing that you are up there. Hallelujah. But you see, in the kingdom of God, things are a little bit the opposite. Amen. That's why. When somebody got a vision of heaven and went to heaven and they saw Abraham, and Abraham was serving him, he didn't want to take that drink because he couldn't bring himself to take a drink from Abraham. And Abraham told him, no, take it because we are servants here. Hallelujah. Jesus told his disciples one time, they were arguing among themselves, which one is the greatest? And Jesus said, the one that is the greatest should be the younger, should be the servant. Amen. And you see, Jesus did not say something that he himself did not do. Is that not so? he himself made himself a servant. In fact, the third day before he was crucified, he took, the Bible says he took a basin of water and took a towel around his waist, and he began to wash the feet of the disciples. Amen. I mean, these disciples, a lot of the Bible movies you see, they were were not wearing shoes. They were wearing some type of slippers. And in this type of agrarian animal husbandry type of Culture, what do you think will be on their feet? Amen. That Jesus, the Son of God, is. I wonder whether He changed the towel. (laughs) Amen. But you see, think of God Himself stooping so low. In fact, He got to Peter. Peter said, "Lord, I can't let you do this to me. I mean, I can't let you wash my feet." Jesus said, "If I don't wash your feet, then you are not part of me." Then Peter said, "Okay, then wash me from the head to the toe." You know, running from one extreme to the other. But he said, I'm doing this as an example for you. Hallelujah. Now, if you have a mind that I want to be great, start by serving. One of the things I've watched is that um, a lot of senior people, I don't know whether they teach them executives at at the workplace. I don't know whether they teach them in executive school or where. But I've I've noticed that they always... They always give preference to if there's an employee around. Like, let's say, you, both of you are approaching the door. They will hold the door for you. If you're in the elevator, they will hold it for you until you get out. It's like, there, there is a, a type of servant leadership thing that is going on. Amen. Are you with me, somebody? Yeah. Go to this scripture, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. Joshua 1.1. One, one. We are looking at more examples of people who, became anointed as a result of serving. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Now look at how Moses is called. He's called the servant of the Lord. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. The other translation, King James and Moses' servant. Hallelujah. Because if you're an assistant, you're a type of servant. You know, recently there was a, there's a video uh, going out viral on YouTube. About the vice President and the president, mm-hmm. about the bottle yes. the bottle and water was he removing from the table? Yes. Bottle and wine. Yes. Right. But it wasn't only bottle, there were two things that he was removing. But the point is that it looks like, you know people have already making, are already making fun of the vice president of how the way he looks at the president, like with admiration. Do you, you get it? You watch, next time they are together, you watch the, the way he looks at him. He looks at him in a certain way is like, like a type of father figure to him. Do you get it? And this one, you know how it is with video, Sometimes people tweak it a little. But the way it was, it's like everything the president, that he's doing the same thing. President <laughs> Trump takes the bottle, and then the bottle he was putting it behind him under the table. Do you get it? And um, Vice President Pence did the same thing. The thing is that you may say whatever you like or whatever you don't like or whatever you wish about him. But that's an example of an assistant looking up to him. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Are are you there? Yeah. And so um, Joshua was Moses' assistant. Now, people who want to be something, who don't want to follow somebody, and they just want to arrive. In fact, if they give you If you are allowed to be in that place, you make a lot of horrible mistakes because you've not been, uh, you've not been anywhere, or you've not seen anyone do anything. Hallelujah! If you look at how they were looking for a replacement for Judas, they said they want someone who has been around, following Jesus from the time of when John the Baptist, the baptism of John, until the time of the resurrection. You could argue that was well, somebody being around. That the time factor. Why was the importance of the time factor? Is that how long you've been around is the opportunity to be have, to have saved. Hallelujah. Because of course there is also somebody who can be around for a long time but has not saved. But at least the opportunity is is higher for somebody who has had a longer time around. Amen. And so servanthood is one of the very important steps. And you see, it's a it's a steps it's seven steps. You see, you 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 are desiring you are desiring vessel change as a step to that anointing. But then now after you have your vessel, maybe you used to be you used to be a gossip. Do you get it? That you are always because you want to be a preacher. Now God wants you to use your tongue for something else. So now He wants you to shut up. Say nothing. Say only my word. Amen. And then you are able to work on that. But you realize that as you begin to teach, you will also notice that, you also notice that. Even in the teaching, there are higher levels of teaching. So that you need a teaching anointing. Is that not so? And so in needing a teaching anointing, you will need to serve somebody who teaches. Hallelujah. Everything that you want to be, you have to serve someone who is already doing it. And so look at this um, passage. John chapter 15 and verse 15. The disciples of Jesus, they were also servants. The disciples of Jesus were servants. No longer do I call you servants. Jesus is talking to his disciples. No longer do I call you what? Servants. It means that they were called servants before. One of the things you are going to learn is that our relationship with God, okay? Our relationship with God, it follows a certain growth pattern. Amen. It's just like you and your spouse. First, you meet the person somewhere and you become friends is that not so is that not the best way they say marry your friend amen you meet some, so so that things start with friendship but then, be, then it becomes another thing but when you become when, when the person who was your friend now becomes your husband or wife do you cease to being the person's friend you don't you rather add to it another layer of relationship does that make sense so this is the same thing Jesus is saying, that I no longer called to servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. So pause there. Now, in this verse, Jesus is introducing two types of relationship we can have with him. Amen. What are the two types? Servanthood and what? Friendship. Hallelujah. Now, which one seems to be higher than the other? Friendship. Amen. Because he's saying something about a servant that a servant does not have, but a friend has. What does a servant not have, but a friend has? It's right there in the verse. A servant does not know what? Doesn't know what his say. So, so you see, the low level type of servant, right? They just obey instructions. Okay, take this uh, bucket, size 34, <laughs> fetch water and put it here. And so a person with a servant, and they don't know anything. Yes, you start from being a servant. You take, like, 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 uh, in some place there's, there's a house help or 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 a house assistant, okay, which may start from a basic servant level. Oh, I need you for you to do wash the car, d- wash this thing, do this. So a servant he he doesn't know where the master is. The master says, "I'm going to um, this place." He doesn't know what the master is going to do because the master will not share certain intimate things with the person. Hallelujah. But if the servant is faithful and is able to do things exactly and very well, you will notice that one day the master comes from work. The master is inundated with work and exhausted. And he sits in the couch and, you know, he's... Without taking off his clothes and everything, he's fallen asleep. A servant who is a faithful servant who has been obeying instructions, if they have been growing in the relationship, a servant who is just a busy servant is just going to go to spare this because the master hasn't told me to do anything. So I don't know what to do. Do you get it? But a servant who is growing in the relationship who is beginning to develop more than just uh, 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 do this, don't do this type of relationship, but is, is becoming closer will then come and wake the master up so oh do you need me to take off your jacket do you get it uh is there anything you want me to um see i'm giving examples that are not in this culture but that's what is coming to mind like do you want me to buy, boil water for you because in certain places you have to boil water to get hot water amen amen some of you don't want to remember <laughs> you don't remember okay good for you good for you so And you begin to ask these questions. Oh, do you want me to take off your shoe? Then you take off the shoe. Because a servant who is growing now begins to anticipate the needs of the master. Do you get it? And what do you think is going to come between the servant and the master over time? What if you keep doing this? A certain friendship will develop. So that next time he comes and somebody bothered him at the workplace or his boss shouted at him or he's distressed about something. And there's nobody around. You said you oh, you, you, are you okay, master? Are you okay? He said, oh, I'm fine. But then he begins to talk to you. Do you get it? So then you see that the relationship is growing from just servant to a friend. whereby he begins to confide in you? Hallelujah. Now this is what is happening here. Jesus is saying that you guys have served for a long time. You have served for a long time. And you see, when you hang out with people for a long time, do you realize that, do you realize that when you are with somebody for a long time, they begin to tell you things that nobody else knows. People who are around people for a long time and serving and doing all kinds of things, they know a lot of secrets. That is why when these pe- some of these people get out and begin to speak. People pay attention because they feel that you know some things. But people who don't stay around to serve, to do anything, you're not going to know certain secrets. And the best secrets, we are talking about friendship with God. Now when you are anointed, when you become anointed, is a type of friendship with God. Because what is happening is that, like I said last week, God is trusting you. God is trusting you to delegate His authority to you. When you get anointed, what's really happening is that something that God wants to do, but God is needing your help to do it. There are two ways that you can do it on behalf of God. One is that you use your own strength to do it. The other way is that God gives you the same strength and power that he would have used to do it. He, he puts it on you. Hallelujah. But if you are acting in God's name, if you are acting in God's name, you must get to a place where God must trust you. Amen. He must trust you with what he has given to you. Hallelujah. Because otherwise you can easily misrepresent God. And so you start as a servant. But as you grow in your relationship with God, then you become a friend. And that's why he's telling the disciples, that, look, what I've heard from my father, I have Made known to you because you are not just servants. That does not mean. That does not mean that after he started calling them friends, they are no more servants. No, the servant is in the heart. Hallelujah. The nature of the servant is in the heart. In fact, later on, when Peter was writing his epistle, he said, um, "Apostle and born servant of the Lord." Hallelujah. You never move away from the, the, the nature of a servant, even though you are a friend of the king. You, there's a way you don't talk to the king right you you, you should you, you have a certain something in you that makes you relate with the king as you are his most humble servant hallelujah yes. and so servanthood in terms of the house of God in terms of in terms of the aura of God coming on you, the nature of God, the spirit of God coming on you, little little things you do in the house of God are a way that you are serving hallelujah. Being a servant is not just only that you see me coming from the from my car in the parking lot and you, you carry my iPad for me. That one <laughs> that one is something, but that's that's not the, the, the main thing. You may not do anything for me personally, you may be doing so for instance. When I came, some people were cleaning the bathroom. Do you get it? It's a, it's a type of servanthood. Bishop, in that in the book that we are studying, you know, Mega Church, he talks about how he's done. Um, almost every job in the church. Hallelujah. There ought not to be anything that is above you that you can't do. I have done a lot of different things in the church. I have done and I still do. The thing is that if it is in your heart, you don't ever cease from it. Amen. Let's look at Isaiah 52 and verse number, I think, 13 or so. Isaiah 52. Because God is watching from heaven. The ones who by virtue of their heart of service, their servanthood, begins, he begins to clothe you with himself. Now, the one who is the master servant, who is the, who is the best example for us is Christ himself. It said, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and restored and be very high. Seven with capital S. is referring to Christ. See, that passage in Isaiah 53 actually started in Isaiah 52. So keep going. My servant shall deal prudently. Just, just as many were astonished at you, so his visage, his face, was mad more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. It's a prophecy about Christ. Hallelujah. For Christ to submit himself to be more treated by sinful men. The only explanation is that he made himself the servant of God. Hallelujah. And we are going to go over seven, 13 signs of a servant. Amen. Because when you say servant, there are different people. There are people who, their mind is not really to save. But they want something from you. They want something. It's like they are pretending they are servant at heart, but they are not do you get it but the person who is a true servant, is servant at heart and is actually not in a hurry they are not a, a true servant is not in a hurry to become the boss a person who is serving with an agenda wants it cannot wait till the boss is not around so that he, he can he can he, he can be the, or she can be the, the person in charge but you see promotion the bible says promotion comes neither from what that the the, the the south or the east of the west but uh, but from the lord for some reason it doesn't say it doesn't come from the north it, it, it appears the lord is on the north he <laughs> said promotion come neither from the east from the west from the south but from the lord amen and so if we are serving humbly jesus christ he said he was mad more than any man let's go let's go to the end and then go to chapter 53. He shall sprinkle, so shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For what had not been told them they shall see, and what they had not heard they shall consider. Alright? Keep going. If that's the end, then go to chapter 53. Who has believed our report? Everybody knows that chapter 53 is about the Lord Jesus, but it started with 52 verse verse 14, where he, he introduces Jesus as the servant of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you see, what we are talking about is not something Jesus didn't do. Jesus himself did that. Let's go to um, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Because if you are looking at someone who made himself a servant, the best example is Christ Jesus. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, If any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Then it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. You see, in order for you to serve somebody, it, it means that you are placing the person that the person is higher than you hallelujah in your heart that, that's your estimation of the person because because the person if you are you think you are greater than somebody it, it will be very difficult for you to serve the person and so this scripture he was addressing believers he's talking even about how we should relate to each other that we should esteem each other better than yourself this is a lot of believers are struggling so hard because we are constantly assessing one another in our hearts and making conclusions that I am above you. They may not tell you, but they, that's what they are thinking about you. That I am better than you, I'm above you. And so if if it comes to, if it comes to, let's say there's two chairs, and you know, I mean, only one can have the chair when we were growing up we were taught give your chair to the elderly person but today it's not like that even the younger person thinks that they are better than you amen things have changed but now Christ is saying that the word is saying that we should have loneliness of mind now loneliness, loneliness of mind does not mean low self esteem in fact if you understand the economy of god and Christ said that he that should, wants to be great should be your servant. Then the key to greatness is actually make yourself like the one that serves everyone. Hallelujah. The one that serves everyone. If we would only think like Christ. Because Christ's thinking was so opposite to how the world thinks. But that is also the key. He said he that wants to go up should go down. Hallelujah. It's like seesaw. You know seesaw. If, uh, only if, you, if you want the game to go on the only way the game can go on is that one person must be up, and one person must be down. Now, if you have, if you are at the same level, the game has ended. So, it's like this. If you want to be up, go down like this, and then God will lift you up. Hallelujah. And he said, in lowliness of man, let each esteem other better than themselves. It's in your mind. It does not mean that you think you are worthless. No, you are. You are worthy. But in God's eyes, cause your your main goal in life is not to vaunt yourself or to lord yourself over people hallelujah your main goal in life is to please god and when god puts his honor on you when god puts his, puts his um how do you call that jesus made a statement he said when you go to a place he said don't go and sit at the place where the big shots are sitting he said if you sit there and they come and call you that look this place is for so and so and so. It will be a disgrace. So rather go and sit at the common place. And then let yourself be on the one day. See, oh, please come and take a seat somewhere. I want to a place. They said, come and take a seat. I said, please, I beg you. I want to sit here. Because I came with somebody. I want to sit with that person. They said, okay, they have a seat for that person. So that both of us, we were promoted. Put your hands for Jesus. And we, we had a seat somewhere. Amen. Next verse. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest but also for the interest of others, a person who is serving. Now think of it as a a servant, a waitress at the restaurant. Do you see? Your interest must be the people you are serving. Is that not so? Have you noticed that those who are very good, after after they have served you the food, they keep coming back to check if everything is okay. Those who are very good. Is that not so? And when you make a, a change in your order, they don't have an angry face, because sometimes you, you you are interested in uh, what do you call it um, ginger ale, and you by mistake say sprite. <laughs> do you get it? <laughs> or something else? Like then you, you you are entitled to change your mind. But the people who are true servants, they actually they are glad. They actually come and ask you, "Is there anything else you need?" Amen, because they are looking out not for. And, and, and when you look at the person, sometimes, um, the, the, so long as I'm a customer and I've come here, okay, my economic status, my color, my whatever is irrelevant, you are here to serve me. Do <laughs> you get it? And so they are trained to treat them in a, treat the customers in a certain way. Now, in this scenario, it's not you've gone to a restaurant. We are talking about regular dealing with fellow believers. That look out for the interests of others. If you have a heart of servitude, a heart of... Look, God, uh, His eyes are very open. And He sees everything that is going on. There are spirits that get attracted to you. Because you have this in your heart. To serve. Amen. Look at the next verse. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We are talking about the heart of a servant. We are talking about steps to the anointing. And the anointing is the Holy Spirit that God is going to give to you. Amen. Why why do you think that the anointing, the Holy Spirit only comes to people who are born again? The Holy Spirit, when Jesus was prophesying about the coming of the Spirit, he realized that they were sad. He said that if I don't go to the Father, the Spirit will not come. Is that not so? But what was the thing that must happen before he goes to the Father? He must be crucified, which is sacrifice. He had to die. Hallelujah! You will notice that you notice that in the Old Testament, blood always preceded the glory, and blood giving of blood symbolizes sacrifice. That there must be a giving of something. Hallelujah! The thing that qualifies you from uh, the anointing is that you are willing to die to self. Then you qualify for the anointing. Holy Spirit is going around smelling, smelling. Which one smells like a servant? Which one smells it's like? The Holy Spirit has this big nose. He's smelling. If you smell like a big person, Holy Spirit withdraws. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because, you see, you will do a lot more danger. Now, God forbid. This is a bad example, but that's what has come to my mind. If an airplane crashes, okay, or, or a vehicle crashes which one which one does it have the potential that more people will be hit airplane why is from a higher altitude so you see when you are anointed it is like an airplane you are up above the ground because God's honor and aura on you places you above the ordinary people and so if God anoints the wrong person by mistake, and you crash, you are going to cause a lot more damage. And so the criteria for anointing is very strict and is very, very, you know, particular. These steps to the anointing, you can't act with it. You cannot find a shortcut around it. If you don't want to serve, you are not about to be anointed. If you want to be anointed, you must have a servant heart. He said, let this man be in you, which was also in Christ. Have you ever gone somewhere that the people, people don't know your economic status? Maybe because of, of, of your color, they think you don't have money. And they treat you a certain way. You see how painful that is? Like, like you are not a cheap person. I mean, you know town. You know, you know good things. But then they begin to uh, they, everyone you are going. They are watching you as if you are going to steal something. At a point, you may feel like, okay, you take your store. <laughs> I'm going somewhere else. This is the mindset or this is the attitude Christ had. That when Christ came to earth, when he was treated like a rejected something, here is someone full of glory. But his glory was sh- was sh- was sealed. It was covered. It was it was it was veiled. It was veiled glory. He is glo- The glorious one has been clothed by flesh. And the people didn't know how to handle him. They mistook him for anybody else. But Christ did not I mean, if Christ was like some of us, if you mis- behave small, he will show you what he showed the disciples on the mountain of transfiguration. That look, as I'm walking around, there's glory around. I will have my clothes transformed to glistering light. And you now, you begin to shiver. But he decided to just keep quiet and hide his identity. In fact, when he did the major miracle, he said, look, quietly, don't go and tell anybody. That is the type of heart we need to have. Because when you have this heart, God is not afraid to anoint you. Because you are not about to cause some major havoc. Amen. Next verse. Who Christ is in the form of God. He did not consider robbery to be equal with God. In other words, if Christ wanted to walk around the earth with his full deity, It wouldn't have been, he's doing anything wrong. Hallelujah. But he did one, verse 7. He made himself of no reputation. Christ made himself, the person you and I are following, he made himself a person of no reputation. So this whole idea of do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? It means nothing. Amen. (laughs) Humble yourself and let God lift you up. Hallelujah. He took the form of a Bond servant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now the next verse talk about his exaltation. Hallelujah! Therefore, God highly exalted him. So you see the path to promotion. Now think about it very carefully. The verse that we are talking about the previous verses, is talking about Jesus of Nazareth, okay? It's talking about the man Jesus, born to Mary. Are you there? Because how many know that God doesn't die? How many know that God doesn't need to do anything to be God? But the man Jesus, who was God in the flesh, he came in the flesh as an example for us, hallelujah, And the scripture says that at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Is that not so? Now, if it is God we are talking about, then it's a mute point. Because God is already exalted above all. In fact, God, somebody, there's one theologian who said that God doesn't need a place to live. Because He is his own place. Amen. And I thought about it, I said that must be true. Because, because, because the moment a place is larger than God, that place becomes bigger than God. But God is bigger than everything else. So that God doesn't need the place; He Himself is the place. Hallelujah. Yes. And so now, think of God. So, so what all that we are talking about is talking about a man, like the, a man born to marry, and and he was promoted to. So, so, so the path for us has been laid before us by Christ Jesus that the possibilities for you and I is what we see in the man Jesus hallelujah and so and so it is not talking about god i mean uh, if it says that if he says that god everybody must bow before god that one is a given that one is a given have you not watched uh, Megiddo? the part two of uh, the omega code where the antichrist the very last act after the battle of armageddon He went on his knees and he said, Nazarene, you are Lord. (laughs) He was confessing. The Antichrist will confess in the last moment. He will shout and say, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. But he is bowing to Jesus, the man Jesus, who has been promoted to be the highest one above all of God's creation. Amen. Now let's look at the 13 signs of a servant. Because everybody could claim to be a servant, but we have to see certain signs. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Sign number 1 is a servant has a master. So if you say, I'm a servant, who are you serving? You have a master. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. So 13 signs of a servant a servant has a master. A servant honors his father. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I then am the father, where is my honor? If I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. So, when we talk of servanthood, it means that there has to be an avenue for the expression of your servanthood, And that avenue is that there is somebody you are reporting to and that you are serving. Signs of a servant, number one, a servant has a master. Number two, we are going to add maybe two more. Number two, a servant is at the back and call of his master. A servant is at the back and call of his master. What does that mean? You are at the person's disposition. You, are at, you serve at what? At the At the hour, whatever he tells you, you do. So a servant is at the back and call of his master. This is very, very important if somebody is, if you are not at the back and call of somebody, then you cannot say you are their servant. Hallelujah. Because you see, um there is a maybe United Kingdom or one of the one of the one of the countries. The time prime minister, somebody was explaining. Somebody was explaining. And they said that you see how they have all of them are ministers, and then we have a prime minister. Do you get it? There's a Latin expression. I've forgotten the expression. But it means that you are first among equals. Right? Yes, premiers inter Paris. You are first among equals. So, you see, other ministers can easily be thinking, so we are equals. You just happen to be what? Right. First among us. I mean, this is the season that you are prime minister. Another season, I could be prime minister. So, you are not above me. <laughs> Do you get it? You see, everything is of the heart. If somebody... Does not have the mindset that this person, I am at the back and call of the person. Then you are not the uh, true servant. And and how do you tell when somebody is not truly really at your back and call? When they begin to complain. When they begin to answer back. When they begin to uh, 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 dodge something you ask them to do. And they, they, they it's it's like, okay, why didn't you do it yourself? Amen. So Matthew chapter eight and verse nine. A servant is at the back and call of his master. Matthew eighty nine. A very, very good example was when the centurion told Jesus. When he had a son or a servant who was sick. And he came to Jesus. And he said, uh, I need you to pray for my son. Okay, maybe let's go uh, a few verses before. Start from verse 5 and let's see where the passage Jesus had entered the Capernaum. A centurion came to him, pleading with him. Okay? A centurion, this is a Roman army officer. Verse 6. Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. So now, if you are Jesus, you hear this, naturally speaking. What is the thing that will come to mind? Because the person is saying, my servant is where? At home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And he's asking you, verse number 7. Okay, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. That's logical, is it not? Because he didn't come with the servant. And he's coming to tell you, my servant is at home, sick. So Jesus said, I will come I will come with you to heal him. And look at the answer the person gives. Verse number 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. So pause here. For, so, so far, this is an expression of faith, right? He's saying that I have faith enough in your word. That your word carries enough power. It doesn't matter where you are. The words that you speak will travel through the air and it can heal my servants. If he had just said this, this would have been enough. Do you get it? But he says something in verse 9, which reveals to us the nature of receiving instructions and responding to authority. Verse 9. He said, I also am a man under authority. He's a general in the army. Okay, he has authority. He's also under authority. So he understands how authority works. When we say a servant is at the back and call of his master, a servant understands that the master has authority over them. Hallelujah. Do you get it? So he said, I also have soldiers under me. I said to this one, go, and he goes. And I said to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. He said, because it is because he's explaining why. It's not, it's, just, it's not that I don't like you. It's not that I don't want you to come to my house. I do. Another occasion, I can have you, we can organize a, a, a party in the house. But today, for what I need, a word is enough. Because I understand how authority works. The one you say, go to a servant, they follow it. This is the mindset we ought to have as servants. Hallelujah. Are you there, somebody? So what are the 13 signs of a servant? Number one is what? A seven has a master. Malachi 1, 6. Number 2. A servant is at the back and call of his master. Okay? Right. Let, let, let's add three more and then we will close. A seven is one who executes the command of another. A servant is one who executes the command of another. Okay? A servant is one who executes the command of another. You see, this whole thing it involves, being a servant means that somebody will be making certain decisions. And you just execute it. You execute it. The reason why you are not the master is that somebody else has been given and trusted that authority. Amen. But if you would say you are a servant, you execute the wishes of your master. As n- the number four, or is it number five? A servant cannot be inconvenienced by any job or task. You cannot be inconvenienced. It's like a waitress now mumbling, say, okay, uh, we, we want to change our order, and you are not No, you, you cannot be inconvenienced by your job. Have you ever called somebody? Have you ever called somebody and uh, or gone somewhere where the customer service person gave you gave you a very bad attitude? Have you ever told them, look, if you don't like this job, quit. Because, are, are you there? Because, you see, the reason why you've been put here is to make... Customers, what? Feel comfortable. But if you can't do it, you're actually costing the company. You cannot be inconvenienced by your master. Hallelujah. A servant cannot be inconvenienced by any job or task. Okay? Then, number five, a, a servant does not see himself as equal to his master. It does, he doesn't say things like, we are all classmates, we are all engineers, we all have children. Or if the person is in America, I I bought my own ticket to come here. (laughs) Do you get it? So a servant does not see himself as equal to his master. All right. A lot of these things can only be tested in the heart. Hallelujah. Most people are not bold enough to openly say something opposite to what we are saying. That's why only God can tell whether somebody is really acting as a servant or not. Because somebody can act as a servant, like it says that there was one king. He said that he served, he served this king for 12 years, but in the 13th year, he rebelled. So, so won that all the 12 years, he's been planning his rebellion. Amen. Are you there? So at the end of the day, it has to do with the heart. Because you really don't know what is, is in somebody's heart. But especially when it comes with an, to the anointing. Because it is God who gives the anointing. Please make no mistake. We can have an anointing service and pour oil on you. But it is all by faith. Did, did we not explain it to you? It is by faith. Like we believe that uh, the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Bible says also that the anointing is imparted by laying on of hands. Is that not so? It is all by faith. But behind the laying on of hands there better be God doing it. Because if you put oil in your nice Christmas clothes that you are wearing, and God is not behind it, we've only made your clothes dirty. Please, the point I'm making is that ultimately it is the, it's God who gives the anointing. If human beings can give the anointing, you, you imagine how rich people can make. People, because The way people are into money, people will be selling it. So we will do things in the physical, expecting God to move in the spiritual And so if it is God we believe is going to give the anointing, when it comes to servanthood, please, we may fool men, but we cannot fool God. Be a servant in your heart. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Let's rise up unto the Lord. Bring an offering unto the Lord and commit ourselves to Him. Our dear God and Father, we are grateful to you for helping us Thank you for giving us silver and gold so that we can give to support your work. May we give with hearts of servants and be able to give it cheerfully because ultimately all things come from you. Bless our offerings and let it bear fruit in the name of Jesus. Amen.